You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodin. I'm joined once again by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good, good, good. Good in the sun. Oh, lovely sun. And I am off in one day and counting. There are perks to being a teacher. There really is. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but um, today, Garth, <clears throat> we've got two things we want to talk about, don't we? We yes. have the recently in the history books, Extreme Rules, WWE, and then we've got a fairly big announcement to make, actually. Um, a little a little change, which we're slightly nervous about, but we are excited, excited at the same time. Um, so, Garth, <clears throat> Extreme Rules. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are going to get through this pay-per-view as quickly as possible because... This was not a good pay-per-view, in my eyes. And I know, Garth, you feel exactly the same. Yeah. Um, It very much... And I know that we are on the run-up to SummerSlam. um, But this, for me, was a pay-per-view that just did not need to exist. It did not need to exist at all. Yeah, it's it's come in the wake of the really, really poor sort of weekly shows as well. Just seem to carry in the trend. Yeah, especially Raw. SmackDown has been better, yeah. but Raw has been atrocious. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about this as we sort of get into it because all of the things we want to say and all the things we are talking about sort of intertwine. And yeah, we'll just get into it. Um, we'll start by saying neither of us watched the um, pre-show, which is unfortunate because by the sounds of what everyone has said, it was actually the best part of the pay-per-view. Um <laughs> Which is a shame, but um, all you need to know is Andrade Cien Almas um, on his first pay-per-view defeated Sin Cara on the pre-show and Sanity um, took on the New Day in the Tables match. Again, a gimmick match on the pre-show. Why? Um, And they won. Uh, Sanity won. So, excellent news for both the recent NXT call-ups. We opened the show with the Raw Tag Team Championship match, which saw the B-Team take on the Deleters of World, the current Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, this wasn't a terrible match. Um, so it was all right. It was, it, was, it was actually quite nice to see Bo Dallas against Bray. Yeah. Now, there was a moment when they first sort of had the stare-off and the yeah. crowd were amped for it. The crowd were well into it. But then... Bo tagged out, Kurt mm-hmm. Saxel came in, and then eventually Bray and Bo did face off about two minutes later, three minutes later, but the crowd had sort of died a bit towards yeah. it. And I just feel if they'd had, if they just, you know, obviously you've got the people who book the matches, but if you're out in the ring, you know, and you know people are behind this, they want to see this, you know, we know your brothers in real life, kayfabe's been yeah. listed, lifted, that kind of thing, then surely someone has got to go, we've got to do this now. We've got to do this now. Just run at each other to start having at it. Exactly, because everyone, the thing that everyone has loved about this feud, and it is probably only one thing, is seeing Bo Dallas dressed as Bray Wyatt. 
<laughs> that's been the only thing about this feud, basically, that people have enjoyed. And it's a shame because I think if the B team had have had the tag titles three weeks earlier than this, people would have been a lot happier for them. Um, I feel that since the final deletion... It, no, it's not the final deletion. Was this the ultimate deletion the WWE yeah. one? The ultimate deletion. Um, Bray and Matt haven't done a lot. Yeah, they're just sort of, sort of coursing along. Yeah, exactly. They seem to just come up, they seem to appear, say some spooky shit, then disappear what again. I did, what I did really like is um, Matt and Bray's t-shirts they were wearing. Hmm. And I'm going to say something that's probably never been said on a podcast before. Okay. But their t-shirts look like the front cover of Jethro Tull album. Wow, okay. <laughs> oh my god, Jethro Tull. Hey, I grew I grew up on that stuff. <laughs> thanks, thank, thanks to my dad. <laughs> I love the fact that you just you dislike this pay-per-view that much that you started comparing people's merch to album covers. <laughs> That's amazing. What that sort of looks like, amazing. Brilliant. Um Anyway, um, this was a bit of a shock because I think both me and you just assumed that having Matt Hardy job out to both Bro, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel in the weeks leading up to this, that you know it was obviously going to stay on Matt Hardy and Bray and then yeah. they'd go on and lose them to the Authors of Pain. But no, uh, Bo Dallas pinned Matt Hardy clean. No, it is. Of all the matches, this was the most shocking and pleasantly surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's nice to see Bo Dallas with a title after everything that and, he's been through. Well, plus Curtis Axel. I mean, he slugs away all the time at these shit gimmicks they give him. Yeah, that's true. Who could forget the Nacho Man? <laughs> God. <laughs> um, oh, no, it wasn't. It was Axel Mania, wasn't it? Axel Mania, that was the one. Um, when he pretended to be Hulk Hogan with um, Macho Mandau. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we've endured some shit, haven't we? Um, but yes, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the B team. Um, but I just think it's... Um... I think it's a way of getting the belt to the Authors of Pain when they come oh, back. Oh, they are going to get absolutely destroyed by the Authors of Pain. I, yeah. I'd be... Because I think they are facing the Deletes of Worlds this coming week on Raw as their, right. for their uh, for their rematch. I can't see Matt and Bray having them back, so it'll just be the B team. That'll be their only defence, and then they'll get absolutely flattened <laughs> by the Authors of Pain, which will be absolutely delightful to see. Yep. <laughs> um, we move on. Next match. Um, Finn Balor taking on Constable Balding Baron Corbin. Um, this is... And you made the point um, a couple of weeks ago that this is a feud based solely on I'm big and you're small. Yeah. And we have just, just seen this on SmackDown with the recently departed Big Cass and Daniel Bryan. So why? Are they either just running out of creative ideas and just want Finn Balor on the card, or are they that naive that they think that the people who watch Raw do not watch SmackDown? I think it's I think it's a bit of both and the um goldfish mentality that they have. Possibly. Where they think we don't we don't remember week to week. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that it might explain the repetitive nature of Raw, I suppose. Um, it's just a shame that it you've got an authority figure in Baron Corbin, and surely the storyline should be Finn Balor rebelling against you know yeah. the 
you know, an inverted commas, tyrannical reign of Baron Corbin, as opposed to, I am massive, you aren't as massive, let's fight. That's a shit idea for a feud. And how do you expect to have anyone invested in this feud? And it's not like neither of them can wrestle. And how, how, how can, either way, how does Finn Balor come out of this with any glory? Exactly, exactly. And all that's going to happen is that these two are going to continue to fight on Raw, so it's going to be pointless anyway. I mean, uh, it was it was a pretty poor match anyway. It was, it was just sort of... It was an average... It was it mediocre. Was, it was just a, a weekly match. And then you had... The, the, I mean, that finish was absolutely dire. I think... I'd love to say that they're telling the story that Baron Corbin is susceptible to a roll-up, um, but I, I, I just... I appreciate what you said, to be perfectly honest, about how Finn Balor couldn't win in this match. Because if he beats Baron Corbin, then, you know, well, Baron Corbin is a constable. He's not even a full-time wrestler at the moment. But if he loses, (laughs) exactly, where does he go from there? But if Baron Corbin wins, Finn Balor's just been beaten by part-time Baron Corbin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got this absolutely fantastic person in Finn Balor. And I know that he was in one of the triple threats for the Universal Championship. Um, or the qualification for that didn't win. Um, so where they go with Finn Balor next? He's going soon. He's, he's going to have to have a a dynamite feud. I, I mean, see, he's he's literally he's he's Wilton. He's his character is dying a death. What character? That's what I mean. It's the, a, the... it's only because Finn is as fucking charismatic as he is that he's still so over with the crowd. People adore we, Finn because he is he's... charismatic. Well, that's it, and I know we keep saying it about so many people, but a heel turn would possibly fix it. Well, they had the chance to just align him with the club, uh-huh. and then they teased it, and then sent the club to SmackDown. Yeah. Keep the club on Raw, align them with Finn Balor. Give him his leather jacket where he puts the collar up, because and he, he... acts and he acts like a an arrogant prick. Yeah, and I'm... then have him just. Have some matches with AJ. <laughs> exactly. That's all we want. I mean, don't get me wrong. Finn is a sexy motherfucker. There's there's no way you're getting around that. When he pops that collar, you know, he's the coolest dude in the world. No one pulls off leather like Finn Balor. But <laughs> I realise how weird that sounds now on the See, podcast. What about, what about demolition? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Okay, I, I he is the best singles competitor to wear leather. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but anyway, I just I I feel like this was a nothing feud. It didn't need to be on this no. um, card. I feel like it was used to fill out the card. To be perfectly I honest, think, like I mean, I, I like Corbin's character, and I like when he's he was in the ring and he was mocking the too sweet thing, and he was being a proper heel. But then he's doing his finishing move, and Finn's kicking out straight away, and the, you could just. To see the end of the match, you can just see what was coming. And oh, there was a there was a line that Michael Cole said, and I almost spat at the screen. It was um, where he says, uh, "Corbin was so great because he's homegrown in the performance center. That's what oh, makes him for great." For fuck's sake! It was like piss off. Stop using that. Yeah, you shouldn't be using that because that should be sort of air commas kayfabe still. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm just. I, Baron Corbin's character, he is improving week to week. I am really enjoying him as Constable because he is he's, he's improving on the microphone, he's impu- improving 
in himself almost. He seems to be growing in confidence when it comes to his talking and his stature. I just, I, I didn't feel this feud at all. And it was, no. you know, it was, I, I, I don't know whether it was just because it was based on such a flimsy thing as we were talking about before with the um, big cast, Daniel Bryan. It was the same kind of thing. It doesn't matter who you put in that feud. If the stimulus for that feud is you're big, I'm small or vice versa. What the fuck is the point? Exactly. There's, I mean, there's, there's nothing at stake no. at all. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Now, I am going to pre-warn everyone that if you don't want to hear me rant for 25 minutes on this, then skip forward in the podcast. Um, <laughs> we now have... Um, guess what it is. <laughs> the Shark Cage match oh, for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship uh, between Carmel, the champion, and Asuka with James Ellsworth in a Shark Cage. Um, I just, I don't, I don't understand this match. I don't understand the result. I don't understand where Asuka goes from here because apparently, according to Weekly TV and a week, according to this week's SmackDown, the next match is going to be Becky Lynch versus Carmella at SummerSlam. This match was five minutes long. It was... Five like minutes. 20. I know. It felt like twenty. It's shocking. It was. It was a really, really poor match. The whole thing. James Ellsworth. He was in the shark cage. The shark cage was about four foot in the air for a start. Well, that's. I was thinking when 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 they raised it, I thought, are they raising it any further? And it was like, no. Yeah. Like, well, so there's not going to be any top rope action then, because <laughs> we're bashing into the bloody cage. Basically, to cut a long story short, ladies and gentlemen. James Ellsworth tried to pass things down to Carmella. Asuka persisted on getting the things before Carmella did. Uh, James Ellsworth then tried to get out of the cage, got stuck, and was sort of hanging upside down, which was fantastic because his coat fell over his eyes and you could see the rigging that was holding him to the cage. Um, So Asuka used him as a kick bag, which was legitimately the only entertaining thing in this match. Carmella then pushed her into the bottom of the cage and rolled her up for the victory, which now means that Asuka has lost to Carmella twice in twice. two pay-per-views. And I, mean, I just has she has she won a pay-per-view match yet? Yeah, she's won a few. I think she beat mm. um, she beat Nia Jax, and she beat uh, Emma. I just see. I can't even remember them. <laughs> I just I don't understand what they're doing with Asuka. I t- honestly, I don't un- I don't get what to see with Carmella. She can't wrestle. I, on it, that that screaming she was doing, I almost skipped the match because it was doing my head in. That screeching and screaming. I understand building stars, and I understand that obviously, you know, Asuka's got to lose. That's fine. I don't mind that. I think the way they did it at Mania with Charlotte, that's perfect. But if you want Asuka to be the dominant force that she, everyone knows she is, you've got to give her chances to win. And I'm sorry, she has now been on the main roster for over a year and she has not held the title. It makes no fucking sense at all. You've got all this stuff that happens in the match where she's knocked into the cage, Carmella pins her, Carmella legs it. And then Asuka gets up and then kicks the shit out of... Ellsworth. So why wasn't she why wasn't she pelting up the ramp after Carmella? Why did she suddenly have this energy and then 
was still pinned by Carmel. I just, I just I don't understand the logistics of this match. And then they play our music at the end as well. She lost the match. <laughs> it's it's infuriating. It really is. And I'm, I'm oh, Jesus. I'm I'm legitimately angry about this match because where does Asuka go from here? Exactly. You, I mean, you would never dream of doing this with Ronda Rousey on Raw. The way they're building no. Ronda Rousey on Raw is really good. It's one well, of the just, few good things on Raw at the moment. It's just a, a badass who yeah. doesn't give a shit. Why is Asuka not doing that? And I understand you can't have one on both brands, but why not? The reason you moved Asuka from Raw was because you didn't want Ronda Rousey and Asuka facing off and Rousey beating Asuka, or vice versa. Yeah. Yet you've got Carmella who has now beaten Asuka twice. Yes, admittedly with James Ellsworth help, but even so, that's not the point. It doesn't It doesn't say Carmel defeated Asuka because James Ellsworth was being a weird, you know, distraction. It just says Carmel beat Asuka, and now we've got to endure another couple of weeks of Carmel saying, oh, well, I beat Asuka twice. Exactly. And I know, like... infuriating. There's the whole thing where, like, sort of wins and losses don't matter, but they do in the... In terms of character, if you haven't taken, especially the, Asuka, if you haven't taken the time to build a character, so for example, Sami Zayn when he was faced, if he lost a match, yes, sure, it was a bad thing, but it built into his character. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Bryan when he was being treated badly by the authority, if he lost a match, it was part of a storyline. If you've built enough character, if you've taken the time to invest in the character, yes, wins and losses do not matter. But when you have fucked about with a character so much, like you have with Asuka, do you see Asuka as a legitimate threat at the moment? Because I don't. I mean, even as far as the championship goes, she was just sort of thrown into it. It was just... But she was thrown into it before Money in the Bank because she was supposed to be a scary prospect mm-hmm. for Carmella. And then like she, a... and then that match at Money in the Bank was dog shit, with Carmella going, I'm not scared of you, Asuka. Yeah. And it was like... And I'm not I'm not saying that I don't like Carmella as a character. I think she's a good mm-hmm. character. I do, genuinely. I don't think she's the best in the ring. I think she's good on the mic. But I do not think that Carmella should be anywhere near that championship. That's my personal opinion. If you look at the women on SmackDown, you have got Charlotte, you have got Becky Lynch, you have got Asuka. You know, you've even got people like Naomi. Why is Carmella the champion? They gave her the Money in the Bank briefcase when she was hot. They then spent so much time dicking about with the cash-in that nobody gave a shit when she cashed in. That's it. And then it's all, like, sort of spanned from that. Yeah. To the point I, I, where I would pref- go on. I honestly think that they kept that cash in for so long because I had no idea what to do with that. No, I agree. I just I don't. I well, and to be <laughs> honest, um, yeah, okay. Anyway, Carmella beat <laughs> Asuka, as she has done the last two pay per views. You know, Asuka, who was dominant in NXT, but it's fine because WWE handle NXT call ups really well. Um. Next match, WWE United States Championship match between Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, even though this lasted <laughs> six seconds, I enjoyed this. I yeah. thought this worked. Um, I, I loved I loved both the entrances. 
loved both the entrances, thought Jeff, now that he's been separated from Matt and he's his own character, he's not, you know, I think at one point he probably will be part of the Broken Universe, the Woken Universe, sorry. But, yeah. you know, he's doing his own thing now. It's Ace, I like it. Shinsuke's just Shinsuke, and I love him as a heel. I hope he stays heel forever just, and more. He's just, he's a megastar. He like is. personality. He is, and thankfully... He has now got a championship because I think if he'd have lost this match, he'd have just lost all credibility. Um, Basically, as Jeff Hardy turned around to go back to his corner at the start of the match, uh, Shinsuke low-blowed him. The ref didn't see it. Turned around, rang the bell for some reason, despite Jeff Hardy's clear distress. Um, Jeff Hardy turned around into a Kinshasa from Shinsuke. One, two, three. Shinsuke is your new United States champion, which, (laughs) fantastic. Because for all his heel work, he got nothing out of the AJ feud. We yeah. finally got a decent match out of them um, at Money in the Bank. But he's, you know, a, a lot of people worried about Shinsuke. Rightly so. Um, but then he's got this title. And yes, sure, it's not the World Heavyweight Championship. But I feel he can do a lot with that United States yeah. Championship. It can start to build, again, the character of Shinsuke Nakamura. Although... Then somebody comes out and you just say, oh, no. Then <laughs> I began to doubt everything when Randy Orton's music hit. I was like, are you being <sighs> fucking serious? Um, anyway, Randy Orton came down. I say came. Randy Orton meandered down to the ring, in this, you know, as Randy Orton does. Um, and I just thought, oh, fuck, we're going to get a challenge now. And Randy Orton's going to take the belt off Shinsuke. And everyone's <laughs> going to be cross. But no, that didn't happen. Um, Randy Orton turned heel on an already injured Jeff Hardy by punting him in the balls um, while he was on the ground. And that was it. It was it was a strange introduction or reintroduction for Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, I hope this isn't going to be... I mean, Randy Orton versus Shinsuke might be all right, but does that mean Shinsuke is then going to be turned face again? I think this will probably lead to Randy versus Jeff. Yeah. Um, chat, like for number one contender or something. Just just as a feud, to be perfectly honest. Or if Jeff Hardy takes time out. I just want to see. I'm guessing the, the match went the way it did because Jeff's injured. Is that right? I think he's struggling with a lot of things at the moment, Jeff. I mean, he is like 50. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still doing the Swanton Bomb. So, I, I don't know. If it leads to a heel Orton, I'm fine because heel Orton, as I've always said on this podcast, heel Orton is best Orton. Um, yeah. Face Orton is shit Orton. So, fingers crossed. Obviously, his exploits on this week's SmackDown would lead us further to believe that he is going to be heel, um, which is fine. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. But yes, Shinsuke, new WWE United States Champion, the correct decision, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um Next one. This was one of my favourite matches on the card. Um, Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman in a steel cage match. Um, this was this was really, really good fun. You, yeah. can, you can tell these two enjoy working together. You can tell that they've got good chemistry together. Um, it was a lot of Kevin Owens originally trying to escape. No, that was so good at the beginning. But then Braun <laughs> Strowman just kind of called him out on it and Kevin Owens eventually built himself up. Got a couple of licks in as well. Um, just, I love that bit where he, um, he had him in the corner and he did the sort of um, the, the crotch chop. Oh, yeah. So basically, Kevin Owens produces handcuffs from 
I have no idea where these handcuffs came from, but he <laughs> produced them. Uh, handcuffed Braun to the ring, the top rope, and then proceeded to do that stupid thing where he would he then taunted Braun. And at this point, you were like, Braun's going to break free. He's going to absolutely tear Kevin Owens in half. I thought, I thought what was going to happen, I thought that it was going to be like a sort of rigged rope and he was going to snap the rope. But... I think that would have been better. I think that would have been awesome if he just snapped the ring rope. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously he didn't. Kevin Owens gave him a crotch chop, then blew him the CM Punk kiss as well, which was quite entertaining, um, <laughs> and began to escape I'm the sh- cage. I'm sure Kevin Owens put all this in without clearing it with like the back office. Kevin Owens should be the face of that company. He's absolutely fantastic. Roman Reigns' spot on the card should be Kevin Owens <laughs> because he could be like an absolute megastar. Yeah, every his heel works amazing. His face works amazing. Just everything he's done was fantastic. Even that shit with Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens saved because he's just that good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, plus he takes fucking stupid bumps like this. Holy so shit. he begins to ascend the cage. Braun Strowman snaps in quite spectacular fashion. The handcuffs climbs after him to the point where they are both standing on top of the cage. And now this takes a lot of accuracy. Braun launches Kevin and Kevin smashes through Mankind style, Hell in the Cell, um, King of the Ring 98, um, smashes through the announce table. Now, (laughs) the announce table was obviously cushioned with a crash mat because everyone saw it. That (laughs) doesn't mean that that didn't hurt like balls. It just meant that it didn't kill him. You've got to go through the table first. I was to just going to say, loads of people said, yeah, you can see the crash mat. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll throw you off a cage 25 foot high through a table onto a crash mat. Let's see how much that doesn't hurt, shall we? Fucking ridiculous. But, I can't believe they did it. But for Kevin Owens to miss the monitors that they didn't take out. I know. To miss all the announce team to actually hit the table full on rather than just the side of it. Took a lot of coordination from them both, so yeah. well done to both of them. Um, but of course, that meant that Kevin Owens won the match because he <laughs> escaped so the cage. That's so good. <laughs> but Braun just stood on top of the cage cheering because he's an absolute behemoth. Um, but yeah, this was this was such a good match, and it was made such a good match because of both men's carry to work. I cannot believe Braun Strowman where he's come from, no. from you know, just walking botch in the Wyatt family, to where he is now, to the point where he's now going to be a universal champion, because obviously he's holding the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah. It's it's been really good to see his improvement. His his creative has been one of the stronger points for WWE creative this year. I think that's where it all must be. Yeah. They all must be working on him. Yes, because then there must be a class of 11-year-olds doing the rest of the creative <laughs> for WWE Raw. See, like this, this match was like wrestling that I want to see. This is what I love wrestling over the top, stupid shit, which is fun, and you can tell they're having fun with it as well. Yeah, when they've got good chemistry, that's fine. But when it's a match that makes no sense, it's boring. That there's nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than that. Um, we're gonna move on. Um, prior to um, I believe it was the Kevin Owens match. Um, we saw the Bludgeon Brothers backstage 
um, attacking Daniel Bryan and Kane. Kane had his... Now, tell me if you think this would hurt. <laughs> he has his ankle put in a door, and then Eric Rowan hits the door with his hammer. Yeah. Which, kayfabe, breaks Kane's ankle. <laughs> now, I've got a couple of reasons that this annoyed me. One, if you have a hammer, what would hurt more? Hitting a door with it that your foot is stuck in, or just hitting the foot that's outright? Exact, that's exactly what I thought when they did that. I mean, that's not me being stupid, is it? You've got a hammer, hit someone's fucking foot with it. Yeah. Um, but apparently <laughs> not. So, anyway, that wrote Kane out of the match, which meant that this was effectively a handicap match. Um, Daniel Bryan sort of got his licks in, but was eventually overpowered by the bigger men in Harper and Rowan. Kane came out. I was laughing my head off at this. I will point out that when Kane was in a feud with, was it Seth Rollins, 2015? He stamped his foot to put his ankle back in place after kayfabe having it broken. (laughs) But now, Kane has got to come out in the world's biggest ankle boot. Please explain that to me, Garth. (laughs) I think it's maybe just for the people at the back. Yeah, can't see that he's got a bad angle. Good God. I mean, but, you know, have his powers of darkness waned? Is this what happens when you run for office? Well, it's sort of, it's hell no sensitive cane, isn't it? Well, oh, God, yeah, PG Kane. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we've got Kane on one leg. He eventually gets a hot tag, comes in, chokeslams both Harper and Rowan, goes for a tombstone on Rowan, can't <laughs> hold him because of his broken ankle. Luke Harper kicks the wrong... Leg. I'm going to make that very clear. It's his. Kicks the wrong leg. Kane goes down holding his broken ankle, obviously, because, you know, that's how pain works. Um, And is eventually pinned. The Bludgeon Brothers retain. Now, I'm happy that the Bludgeon Brothers have retained. I do think that was the right call. Um, It's weird if Kane is now out with an injury that they bought Team Hell No back, unless Kane is legitimately hurt. I just... Every time this stuff keeps happening, this is two really shit feuds that... Not well, This one isn't so bad, but two pretty mediocre feuds that Daniel Bryan's been in since he come back. Is, it, is this, like, punishment? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't know if... If Kane is legitimately hurt and he got hurt before Extreme Rules, then, okay, they had to work around that, and they've worked around that well. Yeah. And, you know, especially if Daniel Bryan and Kane were supposed to win the tag titles. If this wasn't, you know, if Kane is absolutely fine, they've just written him off TV, what the fuck was the point? Was it just to get us to the point with Daniel Bryan and The Miz? Because we didn't, need the Team Hell No bit to get from Daniel Bryan to the Miz. There is seven yeah. years of history there that is quite, you know, we didn't we didn't need the Team Hell No thing no. for Daniel Bryan to get into a feud with the Miz. I wonder if it was just a way of getting Daniel Bryan on the, getting the tag team championships and Daniel Bryan on the pay-per-view. I mean, potentially, but just put Daniel Bryan in a singles feud with someone decent and get rid of Finn Balor <laughs> and Baron Corbin. Yeah. I mean, Samoa Joe wasn't on this card, for God's sake. Just put Daniel Bryan in a match with Samoa Samoa Joe. Exactly. When you look at who wasn't on the card, 
It's criminal. Um, now, this surprised me. It surprised me in a good way. We next had Bobby Lashley taking on Roman Reigns. Now, I was really happy about this because, A, it didn't headline. So the WWE are learning. And the fans didn't shit on it. The fans didn't shit on it as much as I thought they were going to. Well, I noticed straight away that the boos for Reigns weren't as bad as they normally are when he's headlining. No. And... And he's blatantly, blatantly the heel here. Yeah, exactly. The video, the package, everything about him. Do you know what? I do feel sorry for him because he gets booed out of every fucking building he's in. It's not his fault. No. It really isn't his fault. The man looks broken. I mean, there's only so long. Can you imagine if you turned up to your job and just got heckled for six hours, then went home, came back the next day and the same thing happened, just over (laughs) and over. That would break me. Yeah. But anyway, it hasn't. Roman Reigns came down to the ring. He didn't get booed as much. And to be honest, from about 10 minutes, pretty much from when Bobby Lashley got thrown out of the ring and landed on his goddamn head, (laughs) <laughs> um, the match sort of came to life. There was a lot of power moves. Bobby Lashley is a very, very sweaty man, um, he, which he, he looks like an absolute monster. Though he is built, and if the match we are building to is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, I'm happy with that. Yes, admittedly, Bobby Lashley is going to lose because Brock Lesnar is going to hold that title until he faces Daniel Cormier at <laughs> UFC. But do you know what? Give Bobby a chance. I'm I'm fine with that. The fact that he has beaten Roman clean here with his own move. Roman yeah. Reigns, obviously, after a Superman punch, lined up for a spear, got hit a with spe- a spear of his uh, own. It was a pretty weak spear. It was a very weak spear. But we won't go into that. Take positives where we can, Garth. Come on. Because, let's face it, there's some dog shit on this card yet. I'll tell you what What worried us in the match. Bobby Lashley got up on the rope a couple of times, and I don't like it when big men like that get up. No. Because I just think Sid Vicious. Oh, oh God. Oh, the Sid Vicious bump. Oh, I always no. think that. Oh, God, that was grim. Oh. Snap, snap leg. Do you know what, though? I'm liking... If Bob, if this had been Bobby Lashley's first feud, as opposed to that awful tripe with Sami Zayn, yeah. how much more behind Bobby Lashley would well, you be? You you think he was just a legit badass? Like, uh, just... Uh, I mean, technically, he was so good in this match. At the beginning, he was doing yeah. all these sort of reversals and holds. And this power game, unbelievable. Well, when you look at the size of him, just fantastic. There doesn't yeah. need to be a story. WWE seem to think that there needs to be a story behind everything. No. There doesn't need to be a story behind Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Just, just look, big, I am Hench. Dude's going for it. Yeah, <laughs> I am Hench. Let's do this. Yeah. Which is what it should be. But... You know what? I'm not going to complain. It was a decent match. It surpassed yeah, it all good. of my expectations. The right man won, thank Christ, and the crowd weren't shit, which we'll talk <laughs> about later because yeah. that didn't last. Um, we then had the first Extreme Rule match of the pay-per-view. <laughs> of Extreme Rules. Yeah. And short of the, st- the Steel Cage match, this was the first gimmick match of the pay-per-view. I'm not counting the Shark Cage match. I'm not counting that. Because it was bullshit. Um, this wasn't good. Um, and I don't know who was to blame. Um, Alexa Bliss can't seem to wield a weapon to save a life. Oh, um, 
she seemed to be giving Nia Jax the gentlest of love taps. I wasn't say a tickle. Um, Mickey James is no better whatsoever. Um, basically, the entire premise of the show is that Ronda Rousey's in the front row. You know, she's not going to interfere because she's bought a ticket. She showed us her ticket. Oh, sick of seeing that. Yeah, but um, about, what, three minutes into this match, Ronda Rousey was antagonised. She came in, destroyed Mickey James, threw her into the barricade, just absolutely destroyed her, went to go and attack Alexa Bliss, and Mickey James hit her with a kendo stick, which took Ronda Rousey out of the rest of the match. Now, Garth... You saw how hard Ronda Rousey threw Mickey James into the barricade, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you get straight up from that? Uh, well, you shouldn't. Okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But Two you know. kendo shots to the back, which, to be fair, Mickey James didn't exactly follow through on. They were fairly tame. Yeah. That Ow. took Ronda Rousey out of the match. I found that very, very strange. Just inconsistent. I mean, the the bit what really annoyed us is the bit where um, Alexa Bliss was getting all these weapons, trying to hit Nia Jax. She was grabbing them and throwing them in the ring. <laughs> Why weren't you smashing her back with it? Do you know what? I found that really funny. I found that really I mean, good. It was comical. It was like it was like um, like a Looney Tunes. It was. I found that really funny. But I was just thinking, like, surely with. The last one. That maybe. is true, yeah. You should just Smasher. go. Yeah. Hit, you know, I'm going to try and hit you with a bin. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take that bin off you and hit you something, with it instead. For some reason, as well, something clicked. And this is probably going in far too deep or thinking about something far too much. But Ronda Rousey suspended. Yep. Is that right? Yes. So she's not allowed to be there as a performer. Correct. She's there as a. As a fan. C- civilian, like. Yeah. Fan. If anybody jumped to the reel, they would be immediately stopped and probably prosecuted. Correct. Correct. Why would she not stop? I know that it's a totally stupid thing to think, but, but I was just all the time, all the time, I was thinking, hang on a minute, she shouldn't even be here. She should be getting arrested. Like Stone Cold would have been arrested. Dean Ambrose would have been arrested. If exactly like if that was back like in the thingy, they would have had the police down there. He would have been cuffed. They should have done that, something like that with her there, just to make her even more of a badass. Just going to quickly point out, on Raw the following night, um, Ronda Rousey appeared again, destroyed both Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Again. Uh, Kurt Angle came down, bearing in mind that this is the second time now she's violated a suspension. Gave her a week extra and gave her, if she cooperated, a match at SummerSlam against Alexa Bliss. <laughs> for the title. This is, this, is almost <clears throat> as, uh, this is almost as good as Brock. If you don't show up, um, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> that's that's almost as good as Roman. You failed a drugs test. So as punishment, here's the United States Championship. <laughs> it was just like, are you taking the piss? She's just violated the suspension. You're giving her a week extra. If she does that week without coming into work, you're going to give her a title shot at SummerSlam. <laughs> but she can buy a ticket. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't understand. Anyway, um, that took Ronda Rousey out of the match, those kendo, start, uh, kendo stick shots. Uh, Mickey James and Alexa Bliss both got chairs, beat Nia Jax down with them. Um, Alexa Bliss DDT onto the chair um, to retain her championship. She's not retaining that at SummerSlam. There's no way. absolutely 
No way Rousey's not winning that at SummerSlam. Absolutely no way. Um, this brought us to our semi-main event. Um, now, Garth, there's two matches left. There is the WWE Championship match and the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Which one headlined? Well, they're not going to put Rusev on last other. <laughs> no, I would love to know in what world the WWE Championship is below the WWE Intercontinental Championship. That's ridiculous. I, think, I, I know it's why it's there. Only because of the match type, I think. No, it's. I don't think it's because of that. I think it's because they're um, trying to cement the Intercontinental Championship as top championship on Raw. Because w, because that's the only because one Brock doesn't defend it, <laughs> so doesn't even bring it. Doesn't even bring it. Yeah, when he does turn up. Um. So anyway, semi-main event WWE Championship match: AJ Styles, uh, the current champion, against Rusev. Now, a really, really good match for me. Started slow, was building to a really, really, really good match. And do you know what? I knew Rusev was going to lose. Ultimately, yeah. he did. Spoilers. Um, but you know what? They built him as well as they could have done in this match. They made yeah, him mean, look really strong. The video the video package beforehand made him look like a bit of a monster again. Which is what he should be. Yeah. He should be in that title picture all the time. I mean, the man kicked out of a 450, uh, 450 cent on. <laughs> For God's sake, come on. After being run headfirst into an exposed turnbuckle. It was just a fun match. It was just, apart from that, the finish was a bit weak. You could see it coming as well. Yeah, you could, but... I liked I liked the bit where they were reversing each other's submission moves and things like that. It was good. Calf crusher into the accolade. Really good. Yeah. These two seem to have really good chemistry again, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... I'm, I knew AJ was going to retain. And I love the fact that they were dueling AJ Styles' Rusev Day chants. Yeah. Great stuff because you're never going to get a crowd where AJ Styles is going to be booed. You're never going to get a crowd where Rusev's going to be booed. Um, obviously, this match built, built, built. Um, AJ Styles kicked out of a match kick, and literally, it was two point nine. It had yeah. me. It had me. I was like, oh god! I thought he got it because the match kick really at the brilliant. moment it seemed to be the it seems to be the finisher that Rusev uses a bit more than the accolade. I think, well, the accolade, he was sort of injured at one point. He only got like half an accolade in, didn't he? Yeah, and then AJ Styles managed to get good. to the ropes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the story of the match was excellent. AJ, um, Aiden English then attempted to help out by um, taking the padding off the turnbuckle. Uh, Rusev ran at AJ Styles, missed, cracked his head on the exposed turnbuckle, which apparently is made of the hardest material in the world. <laughs> um, but that happened. AJ Styles hit a 450 cent on, like I say, and Rusev kicked out. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. They are building Rusev really well. Um, just after that, though, um, AJ Styles did the phenomenal forearm. Rusev was down for the count. One, two, three. AJ Styles retains. I don't have a problem with this match. thought it was a really good match. Better than I was expecting. Well, I say better than I was expecting. Um, better than I it thought was... WWE would do with it. Yeah, and it, uh, they, seem, they got longer than I thought they were going to get as well. They did. They did. They got far longer. In a match, in a pay-per-view that was four hours, slightly off track, now they're talking about times. In a pay-per-view that was four hours, or was it over four hours? It was over four hours, wasn't it? Um, How many matches got into double figures? I don't think there was many. 
Have a guess. Obviously, obviously the main event. Yeah. How many more? Th- three. You think three include in the main event or three? Yeah. Three include three the main including. event. Correct. Yeah. The Iron Man match, AJ Styles and Rusev and Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns were the only three <laughs> matches that go into double figures. Bearing in mind we had a cage match and a shark cage match that didn't breach nine minutes. Yep. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's by the by. We moved on to the main event. Um, Dolph Ziggler wearing some fantastic evil Knievel pants. Uh, brilliant. Uh, taking on Seth Rollins in a 30-minute Ironman match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. He's still... I just think he's like, he's still a star. Like, is sort of peppered down the card he got and then he comes back up and then they put him back down as... He seems to be like the gateway character, but he still looks the part. He could still be the champion. Do you know what? He seems to be rejuvenated with Drew McIntyre. And yeah. I'm going to say now, Drew McIntyre is the total package. He, oh, he is like an absolute machine as well. Fantastic. He's jacked to fuck. He can talk. He can wrestle. His finishing move is the absolute shit. So, I can't wait for him to be in the title picture. Whenever that yeah. is, whatever title it is, I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, these two, Seth and Dolph, put on a really, really good match as the main event of Raw not so long ago. And I'm... I don't know whether I built it too much in my head or I don't know if I thought that it was going to be more than it was. I think it's because... It's because it was always getting compared to the other ones. Yeah, fair enough. Obviously, the Bret Hart and the Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold. Yeah. They're the ones that come out. In my opinion, this was not a... It was it was an okay Iron Man match. I think that the fact within something ridiculous, like 10 minutes, there had been five falls. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. I mean, Seth Rollins was 2-0 up within six minutes. Yeah, that, that um, did sort of having put a bit of... yeah. No, I know exactly what I mean. Sort of put a dampener on it. Yeah, um, it wasn't. There weren't moves that would normally finish a match. No, curb stomp. Fair enough. Cur- for second one, curb stomp. Fair enough. Yeah. First one, oh, no. Buckle bomb. Yeah. Well, it just. It, I don't. After two minutes, well, three, four minutes, you're not going to be finished off with a buckle bomb. You know, if you're the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, I did like. I did like Drew getting for interference so that gave um, Rollins a fall basically yeah because they said well you've been DQ'd for interference that was good and that worked yeah and I did like the fact that that led to Dolph getting a couple more falls because Seth was still you know physically beaten down from the beat down from Drew but it was just it was so much to take in and then it went from everything happening to nothing happening nothing. for the longest yeah. time. And the crowd shat on it. Oh, fucking hell. Um, what a bunch of dicks. <laughs> basically, the clock was on the screen, and for the last 10 seconds of every minute, the WWE Universe would make it treat it like a Royal Rumble and would count down from 10, and then when it got to zero, would then go, ah, like the Royal Rumble. And for the first three times, it was funny. Yeah, they, but they did just got it louder and louder, and then they took the clock off the screen, to which they then just started loud chants of "We want the clock." Yeah, 
And you've got to remember that in the middle of this were Dolph and Seth. And there's been a video emerged online of Dolph in a rest hold with Seth. And Dolph, you can vi- audibly hear Dolph say to Seth, this is worse than when the clock was on the screen. <laughs> and Seth replies, that's why they shouldn't have taken it off the fucking screen. Fucking hell. I'm so sorry. If, I mean, if, you're, if you're having to go through that during a match, and you're noticing that. It's bullshit. It is utter bullshit. The match wasn't even that bad, but you're shitting on it doing that. It's every, It seems to be every pay-per-view now in those types of crowds where your Chicago's, your Philly, like your wrestling crowds where they like to get themselves over so bad and it's the main events are really suffering now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we've said it before, you pay your money, it's up to you, but you're paying your money for to be entertained by the people in the ring. You're not there to entertain yourselves sort of thing. It's, yeah. If it's that bad, leave. That's your right. You, 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 yeah. But you don't have the right to hijack the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, it's like I always say, you wouldn't go to the cinema and do that. You wouldn't go to a play. You would just wait until the end. And leave. And Yeah, I mean, fair enough if you went to a football match or something like that. You would, but at the same time, you would also cheer along in support. What's worrying is it's Seth Rollins. Yeah. It's not even like it's Reigns. I don't even think it matters anymore. I think it's just the main event. I don't think it helped that it had been a fucking weird pay-per-view. And they'd been there for a long time as well. Four hours is a long time. Yeah, Five if you'd watched the pre-show. Anyway... The match was coming to its conclusion. It was 4 all. Seth hits another curb stomp, but can't get the pinfall in before the time counts down. So it's 4 all. Um, Kurt Angle comes down, says, nah, that's not happening. We're... What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello, Kurt. Um, we're going to have sudden death overtime, which led to Drew, who magically appeared back at ringside, <laughs> um, distracting Seth. Seth got hit with a zigzag, and Dolph got the pin for and retained so he stayed as intercontinental champion I thought that was actually a really smart finish yeah because obviously with Kirk coming down everybody would have assumed oh this Seth's going to get this now yeah no I agree I agree um, but at the same time if the ref saw Drew shouldn't he have disqualified Ziggler again that is absolutely correct yes but <laughs> Drew wasn't really interfering in the match. He was on the outside. He wasn't in the ring. So yeah. that's probably the argument. Um, but yeah, 5-4. And there was an Ironman match, a tag team Ironman match between the Hardys and the Bar um, last year at... I, th- I think it was Great Ball. It was either Great Balls of Fire or Extreme Rules. I can't remember which one it was. That was fantastic. It was well-paced. The falls came at the right time, and it just seemed like a really, really good match. I just felt like this booking of this match was so all, and then nothing, and then stuff again. And it was just, it was very, very, it seemed to be two matches cut in half and stuck together. Yeah, it was definitely sort of, let's let's give the crowd something to keep them, like, to get them on, then we'll slow it down, and then we'll give them something to end. Yeah, exactly. Like, which, yeah, just that's um, and that that middle little bit was where the crowd got really, really bad. Yeah. 
I mean, well, I mean, you look at the pay-per-view as a whole, this was not a good show. No, it was... There was nothing out here. This is a, this is supposed to be a very much a gimmick-orientated pay-per-view. And There's nothing at all that I came out of thinking, wow, that match was brutal, other no. than maybe the, the, the cage fall. Yeah, that's that's the one spot, and it's an extreme rules pay-per-view. The women's extreme rules match was terrible. It was so yeah. tame. It was ridiculous. You know, and this comes a year on from Alexa Bliss laughing at Bailey for not being able to use a kendo stick. You can't use a chair, Alexa. So there you go. Um, I think that I think the series need to drop this pay-per-view and just if they're going to have one, replace it with something else. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got Extreme Rules and you've also got TLC. You do not mm-hmm. need both. Just do go back to having the Great American Bash or something like that. Yeah. Well, apparently they're bringing back Halloween Havoc. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Whether that will just be a um, the logo. A, well, just like like Starcade was, where they did it as um, what was it? Just a, I'd, a live show. I love it if they did it properly like, with the the stage props and stuff like God, WCW. They, they won't do it. It'll just be the same stage they use yeah. for everything. Um. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was Extreme Rules 2018. Um. And we did say that we had um rather big news and basically. This came about during our watching of Extreme Rules. We were watching it roughly at the same time. And we realised we're not enjoying WWE at the moment. No. Um, and I watched Raw this week. And it, you know, bar the stuff of the Universal title, it could quite easily have been last week's Raw. Um, it probably and could have been an hour. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if you know, out of a three-hour show, there's one hour that's good of it. Why are we watching it? And I feel that the answer to that was me and Garth are watching it out of, I don't know, loyalty? It's habit. Out of habit. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm bored. I am seriously, seriously bored. I mean, just stuff that has wound me up over the last couple of weeks. We've now got the top champion on Raw and we don't see it. We don't see the belt. Which means that People who should be fighting for the Intercontinental Championship can't fight for that because main event talent are having to fight for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, just storylines being repeated all the time. WWE seeming an inability to provide us with good feuds at the moment. I mean, over just over the last couple of weeks, we've had Shinsuke versus AJ, a feud we all wanted that they drove into the ground. It was awful. You know, we've had Sasha and Bailey, which they went to counselling and made it a comedy thing. It was stupid. You know, we've got um, characters that just cannot transfer from NXT. Asuka, um, Sanity, Almas, you know, I'm sure, you know, Almas and Sanity to a lesser extent, but look at Bailey, for example. Look at bloody No Way Jose. What is the point in No Way Jose? Look at Bobby Roode. Jesus Christ, yeah. And it's just, it's... I'm sure that the product will improve eventually, but at the moment it feels so stale and so boring. And when your development, when your development brand is better than the main event, that's like, I support Newcastle United, which is a terrible thing to admit out loud, but that's what I do. That's like our youth team (laughs) being better than our first team. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like Leeds. It's like Leeds United being better than Newcastle. Yeah, we know that's not going to happen, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's use a realistic analogy. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like we watch it for the sake of watching it, and if we are, for you guys, we do the reviews, and if we're just shitting all over it, what's the point? So exactly. we've made possibly the worst decision we're ever going to make ever. <laughs> um, but what we're going to do is we're changing our programming. Um, we are no longer going to review every WWE pay-per-view with them being four hours with a two-hour pre-show every month with this Raw and SmackDown. It is just too much, and it's too much of the same thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep reviewing the four big pay-per-views. We're not going to do the previews and the predictions. We are just going to review Survivor Series, um, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam. Potentially Money in the Bank as well. Yeah. It's up in the air. We'll continue to do takeovers. But B level Yeah, because they're fantastic. Why wouldn't we? Um but B level pay per views, backlash, extreme rules, um, hell in a cell, we're not doing. We're we're just not. Instead, our weekly product, we will now be reviewing the weekly impact and ring of honor um TV show. Yeah. I feel like now I'm excited. T- yeah, I am really, really excited. Doesn't sound it, I am. Um, I just feel like now is the time to go and look at other wrestling. You know, why just stay and watch WWE if we're not enjoying it? So we are going to start reviewing Impact and Ring of Honor. So the change to our programming is, on a Thursday, every week, we are going to review Impact and Ring of Honor. And then we are going to preview the next episode of Impact, because obviously Impact airs on a Friday. On the last Sunday of every month, then, we will then provide a retro pay-per-view or a five count. So then we still do those, but the main focus of our show is going to be the Impact and the Ring of Honor reviews. Now, next week is the first exception to that rule, where everything falls apart. Um, But it is Slammiversary. (laughs) on Sunday, but unfortunately with certain commitments, we can't do Thursday next week, so we're going to review Slammiversary next Saturday, and that will be our podcast next week. Okay, We'll then start the week after, it will be back to normal. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I mean I'm... <laughs> I'm excited because like I've dipped in and out of impact since it's all gone up in the air, then down, and then it seems to have sort of leveled out again. It seems to be having really good matches, a lot of good reviews. Um, the bringing people in from other sort of promotions and using them, and I mean they've they've even got like lucha people as the champions, so it just seems quite an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've, I've always been very very quick to shit on Impact because, well, I don't know, I just have been really. I don't really. Yeah, I, th- know I think why. it's. I think it's. Over the last, it, it did everything it could to try and put itself out of business. Yeah, and I think at the moment they seem to have forged new links with Lucha Underground, new links with, um, oh, what do you call them? <laughs> have they got um, they're called the Triple A. Yes, the... sorry, that's what I mean. Triple A, the Crash. They seem to be forging new relationships, They've which got, is um, excellent. Is it, have they got all Japan as well now? Well, I think so, but Ishimori is on this card. So, it could well be that slowly but surely, 
Impact are attempting to build bridges with New Japan after completely yeah. shitting on all their stars. <laughs> I mean, if they continue... I mean, just looking at the Slammiversary 16 card, you are looking at Austin Aries versus Moose. You've got Matt Seidel versus Brian Cage. Pentagon Jr. versus Sammy Callahan. And good. then in a four-way match, it's Ray Phoenix, Johnny Impact, Rich Swan versus Ishimori. That'd That's be really good as well, right? outstanding. That's not counting the House of Hardcore match between Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dreamer. You know, Brilliant. an actual extreme match, I'm sure. Of course, LAX are on the card. Why wouldn't they be? I love them. <laughs> um, you've got Sue Young versus Madison Rain. Madison Rain, who will be taking on uh, Sue Young for the Impact Knockouts Championship and then competing for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Uh, the and previous I'm sure day. Impact, Impact have just signed um, somebody else from the for the women's division. I can't remember who Couldn't it is. Tell you. I know they've just signed Tessa Blanchard is to a Tessa Blanchard. I, Tessa one, Blanchard yeah. to a long term deal. I think it is. Yeah. But and that's that's the other great match, Tessa Blanchard versus Ali. That's gonna be a really good match. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to starting so Impact, something new. Yeah. It I mean it's, it's obviously for me it's like going back to Impact. Yeah. Um but Ring of Honor is completely new for me. Like I haven't watched that for years. Ring so, of Honor I haven't watched in a while and similar to you I'm looking for forward that. to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's just easy to digest. There's not a pay per view every month, you know, it's pay per views. Every now and then, there doesn't seem to yeah. be a real schedule for them. The last um, Impact pay-per-view was Redemption, and that was in April. So, yeah, it's going to be something new, something interesting. We hope you, you know, come to us for your Impact and Ring of Honor needs. You know, I know we're not doing as much WWE content as we were, but we're still doing the four big pay-per-views. Please come and join us. Um, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can find the podcast on iTunes and on Castbox. You can follow me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Where can they find you, Garth? Uh, at Drummer Jackson. Fantastic. And in the meantime, watch um, Slammiversary. Watch Best in the World as well, which I believe is also this weekend. I could be wrong. Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, so please check that out as well. And we'll talk to you guys on Saturday where we'll be reviewing Slammiversary and then join us as we begin Impact and Ring of Honor reviews. We'll speak to you guys again soon. Okay, see you guys. <laughs>